Welcome to the Hermit's Lamp Podcast. That musical intro was made by my daughter, Claire. Uh, I appreciate deeply that her arrhythmic sense of tunes matches so deeply my own, even though we don't actually talk about the music and how she's going to make it. I simply gave her a free license to make something that she thought would be interesting to play at the opening of the podcast. Speaking of the podcast, I really would like to thank everybody who supports the Patreon. It makes transcriptions possible. It makes the fact that I'm going to be acquiring some new recording hardware in the next month possible. And it also facilitates me continuing to prioritize this project because, as you might imagine, I have a lot on the go. It allows me to continue to prioritize what amounts to basically a whole workday of my month set aside for this project. If you have been enjoying this podcast and all 92 episodes before this one, if you think accessibility is important as I do, then you can support the transcription process as well as continue to support me in providing this podcast to the world. Jump on over to patreon.com slash the hermit's lamp. Every little bit helps. Welcome to another episode of the Hermit's Lamp Podcast. I'm here with Ariana Felix, and we are going to talk about some really interesting stuff today. Romance, love, non-monogamy, and polyamory. And I came across uh, Saltwater and Stars, which is their Instagram, uh, and started following them. And you know, we really enjoyed listening to their astrology and listening to uh, a bunch of the other great work that they're up to. And when I saw a post about polyamory, I was like, yes, this is, this is the conversation of the person. I've been waiting to have a conversation on this for quite a while, and it seemed like the right fit. So, but for people who don't know who you are, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm Mariana, and um, I run Saltwater Stars, which is mainly an astrology platform, to use the word. Um, but I'm an astrologer and my work is doing readings and um, writing, a lot of writing about what's going on astrologically. But I also play with tarot and magic and, you know, brujeria. Um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, by way of Puerto Rico, but I live in South Central Pennsylvania right now. Um, so yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. That's like <laughs> ten second summary. Perfect. So um, I'm sure I'm sure like people have heard the term, but I wonder if there are people who don't know what brujeria means. Oh yeah, so brujeria is basically the Spanish word for magic. Um, it is usually referring to santeria, um, and it actually has huge. Um, connotation with like like as a derogatory term Mm -hmm. so how it's being used now in the like quote-unquote mainstream um is really about reclamation of the term uh even though still in like in my culture it's still uh majority looked at as a negative thing you know like it's witchcraft basically yeah yeah for sure well it's the thing that uh Everybody looks down on until they have a problem, right? And then they come knock on your door and be like, "Yes, please, please help me with the thing. Help me with this." Right? I'm, what? I'm like, what was it that thing that you mentioned the other day that I was skeptical about, but now I might really need? Like, exactly, exactly, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My 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 elder reference is a, a Cuban saying, which is uh, something like something along the lines in English of, uh, you know, everybody's Catholic on Sunday. And then they go see the saints, the like the Santos, uh-huh. when they when they have a problem, right? You know, so claro, that's how yeah, it goes. Exactly. Yeah. So, tell me, tell me about uh, like polyamory for you. You know, where mm-hmm. where did that where did that start? If there's sort of a, a clear start, um, how did you how did you find your way to that? You know, like what 
Mm. What was that journey like for you? Because, you know, that's not a thing that, uh, I mean, it's, it's growing in awareness in the media and, and, and I think in general these days, but you know, it's, it's definitely not, it's still not everybody's life, right? It's still kind of mm-hmm. different in that way. So, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, geez. I think I was always, um, like in my adult life, I was always really curious about it, but still from this like vantage point of being like, Oh, that's interesting. But probably like not right you know like I grew up very like strictly religious mm-hmm. um and so when I like exited out of that and was you know doing my own thinking um when it came to relationships I just I was like fascinated by the idea that like tapped polyamory taps into this concept of like the expanse of love you mm-hmm. know so much of like heteronormativity and patriarchy is is about this like finite amount you know and that's why you need to have possession over it because there's like only so much so you better get yours you know Mm -hmm. and so that never really resonated with me um and then I was also I think as curious as I was about it confused because um you know, well, I wasn't like really educated about it. And I was confused by the fact that I like also really appreciated deep, intimate relationships, you know, and commitment. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, these things don't fit together, you know? (laughs) So um, it wasn't until the past, let's say like two years really that it's been like part of my life, but it's been very, very gradual because there's been a lot of like deconditioning um, that I've had to do for myself to kind of navigate the shame that mm. came up around it, um, which is like, fortunately, I have a lot of experience in because so many things about my life are like the opposite of how I was raised, you know, yeah. and what I was taught to think. Um, and so for me, the I think like the entry point into non-monogamy was really about allowing myself to prioritize pleasure and to prioritize love of all kinds Mm. right and I just like I'm really committed to this idea that why would I say no to more of that in my life right Mm -hmm. because of like heteronormativity and patriarchy and whiteness like why would I block access points off for myself um And so I think that was a thought that kind of catapulted me into being like, okay, this is something that I do want to live into. And that does feel right for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that does fit into like my own love ethic, you know? And so it was interesting because I was already, I was already in a committed relationship that was like very seemingly heteronormative, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was like, I had to, um, you know, have those conversations with my partner, right? And it was like this um, learning curve that we shared together, you know? Mm-hmm. But I had to, like, be brave enough to initiate it, you know, and be yeah. like, this is something that I want and that I'm I'm curious about, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, it could have very well not have resonated, right? But I had to, like, make the decision to be open to experimenting. For sure. Um, yeah, I think it's really, you know... My my experiences with it is is that it's definitely there are people who are more naturally suited towards it than others. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's not necessarily for everybody. So that being aware that mm-hmm. like you can try this out and be like, oh, you know what? No, thank you. You know, <laughs> that's fair too, right? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I think I think this this process of sort of uh, deconditioning stuff. You know, I think it's so helpful right you know i mean i think that um as a person who spends a lot of time talking with other people about their love life you know being a card mm-hmm. reader mm-hmm. i feel like uh having committed you know and continuing to commit a bunch of energy to deconditioning you know all the different things for myself around around love and other things is is super fruitful um but i also think in terms of finding our own happiness i think that that's so key as well right you know and for me uh 
polyamory, non-monogamy, and like all this kind of stuff. It's it's kind of been a constant theme for like since I was, you know, in my late teen years, sort of on and off all the way through my life, you know. And it's been, I, you know, it started out as a uh, relatively um, unconscious is the wrong word, but uh, you know. We would, we would, you know, me and someone I was seeing would have conversations about inv- inviting other people over or who we wanted to bring home from the bar at the end of the night or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so that in, in that sense, it was very uh, conscious, you know, because we were talking about it. Yeah. Um, but it also was not really considered in a framework or a structure. There were no, mm. no bigger conversations about it. It was sort of always... Uh, you know, close to the moment and, and without a lot of sort of conversation about what it meant or where, what else might happen or all these mm. kinds of things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of, a lot of my journey sort of after that period was of sort of trying to sort through and figure out what those, what those dynamics that make sense for me around that are right. You know, and, right. you know, right. all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, I think, and I think that for me where I've kind of gotten to with it is this, place where I think that um, connections, connections with people across the board, you know, friends, lovers, relationships, whatever, they, they tend to have um, a natural level or a natural level of intimacy or connection, physical or otherwise, that if there aren't limits placed on them, then they'll arrive at, you Mm. know? So it's been this process of sort of, especially in the last few years of sort of um, settling into, you know, understanding how I, how I can see that in different dynamics and how sort of finding that level of intimacy being like, Oh yeah, this is, this is wonderful. And, and I don't necessarily want more, yeah. you know, in a conventional sense. Um, mm-hmm. But this is great. And this could just continue to be great or, you know, the, the, these level of orbits are great or all those kinds of things. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a huge thing for me that uh, in retrospect I'm grateful for was like knowing myself well enough to know that I wasn't, I'm not particularly um, a casual person mm. um, with the exceptions of makeouts. I'm very casual about that <laughs> sure. when it comes to like intimacy and all that I I knew about, and I know about myself that um, I do like to have like at the least a shape of a container, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and agreements and clarity. And um, I don't know, the word commitment is coming to mind. And I know that has a lot of its own, you know, baggage, but Mm. um, I like longevity, you know? And so Mm. in all of my relationships, you know, like with my family and with my friends and, etc. Um, it's really important to me. And so I was really lucky to come across the term poly capable mm-hmm. because I was like, you know, obviously there's that overlap between polyamory and non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was interested in non-monogamy for the sake of more partnerships. Right. Right. Um, not so much for the sake of cruising itself. Mm-hmm. which is, you know, also totally cool. And so I think that piece is what has allowed me to be clear about what kind of connections um, I'm interested in or have the potential to grow that way, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously it can't be like a decision from the get, you know, you do have to like build yeah, sure, the relationship. Right? Um, I think I want to pause you there for a second. I think yeah. that, I think that I want to hear what you have to say after too, but I think that one of the things that I think is such a, an important piece to understand is how do, how do we on ramp into relationships, you know, yeah. and how, how do we hang out in that space? You know, yeah. like where you're like, I would like containers. I like a sense of commitment. You know, I, um, I, I personally tend to not use the word commitment, but sort of uh, tend towards the word agreements, 
even though maybe it's a bit semantic, but you know, agreements for me implies sort of more of a, we're, we're always rejigging those things, you know, right. or, or they're open to renegotiation mm-hmm. as change in a way that commitments doesn't feel as much. But I think that so many people, especially people who are not polyamorous, um, that space where, you know, they don't want to be casual. They don't want to not have a sense of commitment. They don't want, you know, like, like all of those kinds of things. And yet meeting somebody and starting to date somebody always involves all of those kinds of things. Right. Right. And I think that, that, that sort of how, how, you know, I'm really curious how you navigate that. And I think that, you know, anybody who's out there dating and and is sort of like working with this stuff, you know, I, I think that it's a really important question to ask and kind of get clear about because I think that, there are so many kind of pitfalls around that, you know, in our own minds and hearts and, right. and fears that, that really make that kind of wonky for a lot of people. So, so mm-hmm. that's why I wanted to pause you because I thought that such an, an important piece there, you know, how do you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's that, that um, knowing what I want, mm-hmm. right? Like knowing that I'm interested in more, partnerships in my life especially with um people of color you know like Mm -hmm. black indigenous people of color like that's my priority and so it's kind of like more like a guide than anything else right Mm -hmm. because there is like you're saying there there is that part of all of it where you don't know what's going to happen you know and everything is even when there's like okay we have this agreement like you said it's all open for um, renegotiation right? sure. and I think that's like like you're saying is a super essential piece to mm-hmm. like any of this working right yeah. um, and so I think that I don't know I feel like it's so highly contextual right so mm-hmm. it can be like with one person being clear about what you want and they are also interested in the same thing. And so you're seeing how you can grow that together if it's possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there might be another person with whom, you know, like this is what I want. And they're like, I'm not interested in more partnerships, you know, or I'm not interested in what you want. This is what I want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think that allowing for that, allowing for it to be highly contextual, mm-hmm. you know, and super nuanced and just like, it's, it's never going to be concrete. And, you know, and when you run into somebody and they're, they're sort of, you know, looking for something different, will you just let that go then? Will you, will you tend to walk away from that or what's, you know, like, cause, cause that's the thing, right? Yeah, you know, when, when yeah. people are looking for love, right. So often we, we like, you know, cause oh my, look how cute they are. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe I could, maybe I could be a little different or like, you know, or like, or oh, I don't have any, any other options. You know, like we, there's so many reasons why we get pulled into this stuff. Right. Yeah. And so I'm curious, I'm curious how you handle that, you know? Um, I think that so far my, the way that I've handled it has been to kind of like, not walk away and not be like, okay, well, we're never talking again, you know, but um, that's like a, that's a hard, that's a hard one for me. It's like, if, if our desires aren't um, congruent or, or um, what is the word? I don't know. Like if our desires aren't compatible, it's like really hard for me to, um, I don't know, like alter my desire. (laughs) So I'm like, maybe it's better if like, you know, the nature of the relationship or the connection changes so that I can manage this on, Mm. on the side. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, for sure. And I know, I, I know about myself that I have a tendency towards being kind of like working with absolutes and I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm learning my way around that. So I guess this is the honest answer is like, I do tend to be like pretty absolute and I'm learning how to leave more room for um, what actually happens. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause like life is not absolute at all. Yeah, Um, sure. So yeah, that's my answer to that. So I definitely uh, 
the whole like leaving space to adjust my desires and allowing a connection that might not have been what I wanted, but is still something in its own right is really hard for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's fair, right? I think that's totally fair. You know, I mean, I, I, I tend to be um, a very considered person, you know, as, as Sagittarian and as exuberant as I am about things. Uh, I'm also a very considered person. And so I tend to um, kind of always temper that by like looking at what's going on in, in all the arenas of my life and sort of kind of with a half an eye to making sure that I don't inadvertently like blow up the stability that I've been building. <laughs> you know, Cause it's like, Oh, it's so exciting. I could just, whatever. Right? It's like, no, no dude, you can't do that. That's not, that, that actually isn't going to work out well in the long run. Um, and, I, and I think that that's true around, around poly for me too, you know, I mean, um, being aware of like, what are, what are my actual energetic and time limits? Mm. You know, what are my, you know, I mean, like it's, I, I, I do casual very well, um, as well as sort of relationship stuff. But even at that, I only have so much time in my life, you know, (laughs) between, between kids and the shop and partners and so on. Right. It's like, you know, it's like, that's, that all of those things require some attention, you know, and I think that my, my other kind of um, almost like my mantra through like, you know, the last, last couple of years has really been um, be brave, make the brave choice right now. What's the brave Mm -hmm. choice here. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that brave choice is like fess up and be like, I really, really like you, you Mm -hmm. know, like, I really hope this continues or whatever. Um, and sometimes that brave choice is like, you're, you're so darn hot and yet also this is not going to fit in my life. Mm-hmm. And I can go find, find that hotness in a way that, you know, maybe does work in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and so being brave enough to kind of like step away from both of those things. But like, you know, it's not quite a talking myself down to putting, the, you know, put down the phone. Don't send that message. You know, it's not, quite, it's not quite that level, but there's definitely moments where it's like, you know what, just what's the brave choice here? How do you commit to the brave choice? You know? And, and I think that that's, that's kind of been, been where I've been leaning and, you know, it tends to work mm. out well, but uh, you know, but, but yeah, but sometimes it's not always easy. Right. That is such a sad mantra. I'd have to say. <laughs> which, which part brave, of it? what's the brave choice that's yeah. so Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah. what, what 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 about that though i'm curious like what's which sign are you i'm a scorpio okay with like a million planets and scorpios that's my issue with absolutes and uh-huh. history sure yeah <laughs> yeah oh just like sagittarius has this you know it's a fire sign and like the other fire signs really works with this initiatory energy you know and that requires bravery and courage and Mm -hmm. this like transparency of spirit you know Mm -hmm. and so um i love that that's what you're working with because especially with this like when it comes to polyamory because polyamory in itself is about expansion right Mm -hmm. and that's that's a sagittarian concept right well by jupiter is about expanding things and so using such a like fiery mantra to create room for that expansion. Right. And to like navigate yourself through it, Mm -hmm. I think it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, right? I mean, I think that dating, dating at any level isn't easy necessarily. Right. Like there are times where it's really easy, which is great. There are times where it's work. um, And there are times where, you know, we get kind of stuck in it. Right. Or stuck in, in ourselves or, you know, or life just doesn't align with it. Right. And I think that just being so aware of, of all that stuff is so helpful, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me ask you a question towards a Scorpio then. Okay. How how do you deal with jealousy? Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't, you couldn't find a more original Scorpio question to ask. <laughs> you know, I'm 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 only a basic basic astrologer, so you, all you're going to get is. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, jealousy. I 
so what's really interesting is that um, I feel like I've struggled with jealousy my entire life like I remember as a child like someone would play with my friend and I was like you know why are they playing with my friend yeah. <laughs> and so I've had a lot of time to kind of like work through it <laughs> and figure out um how to how to manage it and so at this point in my life um I find that it's really uh parallel to my work with like self-confidence and self-esteem you know and and that stuff is really the intensity of it has dissipated a lot. And I, it, it doesn't often come up for me. And I think part of that is also just because of my beliefs, right? Like the same beliefs that allow me to be polyamorous and um, have an open relationship with systems. Those are the same beliefs that dissipate my jealousy because it's like, okay, I don't want to be in a relationship of like, transaction or possession with people places and things you know and so um reminding myself of of that helps me to be like you know and and it's also um i don't know i think that i really it's really important to me that the people that i love and care for feel feel spaciousness in relationship with me and I, I think I have this like terror that my jealousy would, you know, like reduce that or eliminate that spaciousness. And mm-hmm. so if, if, and when it does come up for me, I, I tend to just like manage it on my own, you know, like walk myself through it where it's like, you know, this is not a big deal and it's okay. And um, something that's also helpful is not assigning meaning to things, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think for me, my relationship with jealousy is almost always about oh, okay, I am, like, not as important or not as amazing, and I'm going to be abandoned, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basic sure. abandonment trauma issues. Um, <laughs> and so reminding myself that that's not the case, you know, just because someone's, like, talking to someone <laughs> mm-hmm. um, has been really helpful. So I think also, yeah, I think I just, like, really have this deep priority to not I don't want that to take up space. And I think growing up in a household where like my parents' marriage was so full of that. So like just an Mm -hmm. abusive level is really turned me off to me, you know? So like when it comes up, I'm like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Like that's not, that's not allowed. Um, But not in the way where I'm like pretending that I don't feel it, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just managing it um, for myself. So, so far so good. (laughs) I I mean, I think that there there are a few things, and and a bunch of them, a bunch of them, a good chunk of of stuff that, um, I think comes down to like, evoking jealousy for me also, comes down to like understanding, like how I actually am interested in poly, or what I'm actually interested in, you know, mm-hmm. and. So like, you know, being, being aware that like, you know, for example, maybe if somebody like, if there's, if I want, if I wanted a more serious connection with someone than they were available for, and they were like a super casual person who had a high turnover of like, of lovers, (laughs) that's probably not a good place for me to be. Right. Like that's, that's not a, it's not a place where I can get what I desire from that situation. And and so like kind of rolling that back and sort of taking ownership for it and saying, this is not about them and what they should or shouldn't do because right. that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and like you said, one of my, I'm, I'm definitely on the side of, I don't want to limit other people's freedoms and, you know, and, and I'm not going to allow people to necessarily limit mine either. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there are agreements, which is something different, but mm-hmm. but even at that, those agreements don't extend to, you know, the rest of my life in, yeah. in the sense that they cut off a bunch of things. Um, you know, they're more like, these are, these are my commitments to this relationship. And, you know, and those tend to be more about time, energy, attention, and things like that, you know, or say for sex things or what have you. Right. But, um, and then some of the other stuff comes back to like, you know, for me, jealousy, you know, other than what I just talked about is, um, either rooted in uh, 
something that's deeply unexpected where, where everything seemed like it was going in a certain direction and somebody talked about things in a certain way. And then something happened that made them realize they wanted something completely unexpected from my point of view. Um, Maybe from theirs, maybe not. And so that, that can be difficult and, Uh and evoke that feeling of jealousy, which then, you know, seeing that and having the clarity to go to the person and say, so, Hey, I'm having some feelings about this because everything that I heard was going in this direction. And then this was a change, you know, that can be like, you know, can make it clear, right. You know, and clarifying that and understanding more about what that change was or how it occurred or whatever usually gets rid of it, you know? And then then the last one is just like, you know, you know, there's a time not so long ago where I had a bunch of feelings and, you know, ultimately it was about, uh, the fact that sort of two of my kind of more casual ongoing people ghosted on me and, you know, like it wasn't about the person that I felt it towards at all. It was more about that sense of lack of stuff and the the yeah. disruption in my life. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't have a better word for it than that, but, but that like that mess of complicated feelings uh, yeah. before it got kind of parsed out into what it was actually about then was essentially looking for a place to attach to something, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of actually kind of like looking at it and being like, Oh, you know what? You should, you know, feel sad about the fact that this happened or you should, uh, you know, get back on, get back on Tinder and and find a new connection or you should whatever. Right. Like, you know, and that kind of returning it back to a place of, of uh, action, even right. if that action is kind of a non-action of like just sitting with it or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's always kind of a super helpful thing for me as well. So. Yeah. I mean, I think I keep returning to how care for the self, like caring for yourself. is like just obviously foundational to everything, but like yeah. when it comes to um, managing and navigating, you know, non-monogamy, non-monogamy and polyamory, it's like, um, I've found for myself, I'm like, oh, it's like even more important than ever before that I'm caring for myself and that I'm in relationship with myself, you Mm -hmm. know, and like um, prioritizing that because it's so easy to get, kind of like get stuck like you were saying, you know, or just like, it's so easy to not know how to move forward, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's true for for most things that involve other people because there's like there's no control there, you yeah. know, which is like a cause of panic for me on a daily basis, but <laughs> <laughs> is actually totally normal and healthy and good, you know. Yeah. But learning how to be like, okay, so I can't do anything about them. Um, how can I care for myself in this moment? For you sure. Know, right? How do I want to move forward? Like I think that it's like always comes back to the question, like, what do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think if that's not like one of the guiding questions, it gets easy to be like, okay, what does does the other person want? You know, what do they need? How can I, how can I, how can I change to um, be that for them? You know, and then yeah. like that's a whole mess in itself. And I think that you know, as you kind of pointed at, that's so true of everywhere in life. You know, it's true of our family relationships. It's mm-hmm probably true in people's careers and yeah. you know in a variety of things you know and even you know i mean i haven't i haven't had a job working for anybody else since 1998 now you know it's been a while that i've been self-employed and you know for like the last 16 years i've been reading cards and and running my store and stuff like that and even even like in the last 6 months i had to remind myself i'm like Hey, Andrew, it's your store and your work. (laughs) You are actually freer than almost anybody. Like it doesn't get freer than your, than your position Mm. and still actually working. So if you're not digging this thing, Mm. stop, stop getting stuck in that and start thinking about what is it you would rather do instead. Right. Or how would Mm -hmm. you rather it be instead, you know? And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always, it's always the possibility, this sort of like loss of the, the center of, of whatever control there is or whatever power there is mm. you know, externally somewhere where, you know, and I think that 
in poly and in in everywhere you know returning that back to the center is so fruitful right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so i'm really curious uh if if have you gone searching for like the the poly astrological element like is there is there a thing that you or a kind kinds of things that you see where you're like oh yeah yeah i bet you this person's that way oh uh, that's so funny um I mean, I've like kind of thought about it. I'm always like super hesitant to, um, I don't know, like formulate astrological signatures for like people's lifestyles and and choices. Um, But I'll speak, I'll speak for my own, my own self. I, I remember like a couple years ago looking at my chart and being like, you know, I'm really surprised that I'm not more, you know, like non-monogamous. Like I remember looking and being like, um and so you know obviously in retrospect it's really funny to be like oh okay I'm not you know (laughs) like I was right like I did pick up on that just like certain things in my chart that like made me think about my relationship to relationships and what kinds of relationships would actually nourish me versus the kinds that I've you know been conditioned to think um or expect from myself right Mm -hmm. and so I think for myself that just involves having a lot of air. Um, and I also have a lot of water, right? So it's like, I think that's a, that really speaks to how I'm like, I'm, that's why I like the term poly capable, you know, or so like, so I'm open. I'm, I have like all this airiness and all this like, yes, possibility and like excitement and experiences and, um, um, what's the word like perspective you know like perspectives broken open and unlearning and learning new ways but then I have all this water where I'm like I want that to be in service of like deep lasting connections mm. right and so um for myself that's how that's how I've seen it show up um but now to answer it in general I don't have like a, an astrological signature where I'm like oh this person is probably right. you know not monogamous or poly or like hasn't several relationships because it's just my relationship sociology isn't like that. Mm -hmm. It's totally fair. I find that, uh, you know, my, my questions around a lot of this stuff, uh, I feel like they end up sort of going back to being like, I'm just going to ask some really unfair questions of like astrologers. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Hey, Hey, here's my, here's my, like, I, I know it's not really this way, but I kind of wish it was. And I bet you right. think it was. I'm just going to ask this question and, and put you on the spot for a minute. So. Right, because underneath that is maybe, and I'm not saying this is the case, but usually with people is the question of like, tell me why I am the way that I am. Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, is yeah. there a reason that this is happening? Mm-hmm. And maybe somehow inadvertently by asking this general question, I'll have my very personal question answered. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've looked at my own chart in, in my own limited ways and I don't really have a sense either. So <laughs> I think, I think it's, um, I think for me, it's just, you know, so much air and fire and so much just like, yeah. you know, ex- expansiveness and, uh, and exploratoriness that I think that it just sort of inclines me in that kind of direction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I think looking at elements is like, can be super informative mm-hmm. when we're looking at like how we move through life and what our needs are in a like general sense, mm-hmm. like how we need to be able to move, right? Like air and fire need to be able to be free sure. in like different ways than earth and water. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't have any earth, so. <laughs> I feel like you said that in a way that's like, I'm fucked. <laughs> no, no, not at all. That's good. It's fine. Yeah, no, 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 no earth at all. And, uh, and only one, one water element. So everything else is just air and fire all the time. This combustion. Yeah. So (laughs) it's fine. I worked on it magically. It's, uh, it's all good now. So (laughs) So I guess one of the other things that I'm curious about this for you, um, is like, you know, does does poly fit into a, an identity or a, a sense of um, you know activism and sort of you know like kind of, like we talked about deconditioning and I'm wondering if it goes a bit further to you in in sort of the sense of is it is it 
is it, uh, you know, is it tied to sort of a sense of activism or something like that for you? Like, is it radical for me? Is it radical for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's deeply intertwined with like my political beliefs and values um, as everything in my life is. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, a, a huge, huge reason why polyamory is a part of my life is because of my like rejection of whiteness, you know, mm-hmm. and like the role of whiteness in heteronormativity and patriarchy and like all these things that um, take joy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm always like, I'm a little skeptical with the word resistance, but um, it is like an act of resistance for me, you know, mm-hmm. to be like, no, actually, because like I said before, like the only reason I wouldn't say yes to more pleasure and love and joy in my life is because of these constructs, mm-hmm. you know, that are, that are made up and are also powerful. Right. And mm-hmm. like shape us and we are shaped by them. And yeah. so, um, it is absolutely about um, taking my personal and my political, which is like the same for me, power back, you know? I mean, like, um, there, there's so, yeah, I don't know, there's like so little when it comes to like oppression that I like actually have any power or control over, right? Like I can't change the world with a snap of my fingers or whatever sure. the, and so um living my life in ways that are like anti-oppressive mm-hmm. is um really important and so it's really interesting because uh, even like when i was sitting with the question of like non-monogamy and polyamory a large part of my commitment to like continuing to be curious about it even when it felt like scary or strange or shameful was a political commitment you know it's like even if this isn't going to be right for me i want to be able to be with the questions you know and i want to be able to um not have fear around it right like Mm -hmm. and fear that's been imbued by my conditioning religious and political you know and so um yeah that's that's a huge a huge piece about it for me Mm -hmm. yeah Long time ago for me, um, I discovered uh, this guy Terrence McKenna. Terrence McKenna is like a psychedelic. Was he's dead now? Was a psychedelic explorer, like along the lines of Timothy Leary and and those people. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know he was mostly into like mushrooms and other things. And there was a, a line in this spoken word thing that he did, where he's talking about how uh, taking mushrooms frees you from the system, right? It mm. free, takes you outside of, of those things and that it breaks what he calls the three enemies of the people, you know, and the em- enemies of the people are uh, hegemony, uh, monogamy, and monotony, you know? Mm. And, you know, hegemony being the way in which uh, systems and culture and patriarchy and, and, you know, all of those things seek to not just uh, tell us what to do, but to to limit the space with which in which we can think, you know, mm-hmm. it's very like 1984 mm-hmm. kind of idea, right. In that regard. And I think that there's so much of, of what we come around and, and, you know, what I grew up in and what most people grow up in that, that is uh, curtails the boundaries of where you're allowed to think or what you can think or what's, you know, and, and even to the point where it's like, you know, I mean, I think of my earlier explorations, it's like I had no language around it. I just had desire. Right. I couldn't even really understand. Mm-hmm. I understood it. You know, I don't want to diminish my my awareness of it, but mm-hmm. I didn't understand it as a, a possibility or as a way of life. I just understood it as a desire, right? Right, right. You know, and then, of course, like monogamy and, and the monotony of like a lot of capitalism and, and the way in which a lot of the world runs, you know, I mean, all of those things work to sort of push us away from uh, making more radical choices or waking Mm -hmm. up or, you know, doing those kinds of things. So, yeah, I think it's very, it's very interesting, you know? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that this, there's like this, I think this separation between like activism and then like 
our quote-unquote regular lives is an illusion in a lot of ways. I do think that there is a distinction between like activists, you know, like people who are committing their life to um, that work in a public way, right? Like I'm not going to call myself an activist. Um, <clears throat> and I think, you know, the word has all of its own like baggage and connotations as well. But um, that like that false separation between the political and the personal, you know, is really harmful because it, it is so deeply intertwined, right? And so like even in our conversations about love and romance and sets and um, money, you know, like all of these things are, are wrapped up into power and are wrapped up into politics, right? And so for me as like a queer Boricua, it's, it's one of the ways that I've been articulating it. It's like, it's my my duty, my responsibility to be as um, liberated, to use the word, as I can, right? Mm. And again, going back to that, like, why would I say no to more pleasure and love and joy in my life, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I don't just see it as this, like, oh, yeah, of course I want more of that. But I see it as like, oh, it's my responsibility to my ancestors, right? And to... um the life that I'm like actually living now to deconstruct these things within myself, you know, mm -hmm. and to um, be aware of curious about and, and devoted to exploring um, the, the ways that the political and the personal is intertwined for me. And that's not only my responsibility to myself, but that's my responsibility to my community. Mm -hmm you know, in like a literal sense, like people I'm actually in community with and in a metaphysical sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I mean, I think I, th I agree with that and I, I've kind of feel the same way, you know? Um, and I think that, um, you know, not, not in a, not in a, like, I feel like I've got it all figured out and I'm going to tell people how it ought to be kind right. of way, but like, it's, it's why, um, sharing more openly around being poly as, yeah. you know, as a, as a, a, you know, as a kind of fitting into that conversation to say, Hey, look, there are other ways. Like I'm living another way and I could, I could not be public about it. It would make no difference on a day to day level with my, you know, personal romantic life, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but I could also share it in a public way. And, and that, you know, and, and share in this conversation with you that then creates that space for other people to think, engage, be exposed, find their own language, um, right. you know, right. or whatever, you know, or just be curious and then walk away. Like it's all fine. Right. But like, yeah. you know, but just, just to sort of provide opportunities to see, because I think that for me, so for, for so long, I kind of just thought that like my life was like everybody's life. And then at a certain point I was like, Oh no, that's not actually true. At all. <laughs> you know? And like the more I have, you know, the more like sort of over the last maybe six years since I started going to tarot conferences and sort of traveling a bit more again, you know, I was like, Oh no, my life is not like many people's lives at all. And not that, not that I need to be role model person. Cause that's not the point in the least. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, you know, I have such different, you know, I mean, Polly, I, you know, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of my longer term partners, their partner and their partner's child came and hung out with me and my kids. And, you know, we all spent the weekend hanging out together and like, just totally like, you know, experiences that people are like, I don't, mm -hmm. even, I don't even begin to understand <laughs> Like, and it's just, it's like the most natural and chill thing ever. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and being, being in a locha, you know, and like, like all the things mm -hmm. doing what I do for a living. Like there's just so many ways in which it's, it's so different. Right. And I think that yeah. um, kind of like just floating that out there as, as a, a thing to inspire people who want, who are, who are waiting for inspiration or looking mm -hmm. for inspiration, you know, and, and allowing that to kind of be part of that, I think is really important. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing in that is it, it just sounds like such a foundational piece of our work in general as readers, you know, and as like spiritual guides is this 
this um I think like sometimes opening of portals, but more so like holding of portals, mm. you know, and being like, this is here if you, if you wanted and like drawing people's attention, um, you know, in their own, in their own search for it, you know? Yeah. And so like, it's, I don't know, I, I, I think that's like such what you're describing as such a like huge cornerstone of my life because I know that I've always been eternally grateful to the resources that exposed me to the language that I didn't have for what I was already feeling or experiencing or wanting, you know, mm -hmm. and that those things changed my life. And so um, I've been, I've been deeper in the practice of embodying that myself, like with saltwater stars like showing up more as myself, you know, and being more mm -hmm. um, transparent about my queerness and about my, um, just like the way that my life is. And I, it's interesting because I, that's like a more recent thing because I, I've never, I guess I didn't really have like much of a platform, right? Like when you don't have much of a platform, you're not like, oh, I should tell everyone, you know, you're yeah. like, no one cares. Um, so now more recently, I'm like, oh, this is actually like having these conversations, um, and being transparent about myself. I'm at a position in my life where that can be helpful to others in ways that, you know, it might not have been before, um, mm -hmm. but also helpful to me, you know, also like, um, the whole like taking up space thing as, as someone who is at the intersection of identities that I'm at, you know, mm. um, is something that I've like underestimated the power and importance mm. of. And I'm now like coming into more of a, like I said, a deeper practice and understanding of how important that is, you know, and doing that whole thing that I'm sure you're familiar with where you're like, Oh, if I had like known me when I was younger, you know, <laughs> how much would be different, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Yeah. And so um, I've been thinking about that a lot. And I think it's this um, interesting, like just a position for me where I'm like a private person more naturally, but then I'm also like so deeply committed to community and to communal revolution, you know? And so the ways that I'll like stretch myself um, that I like hadn't considered before because of the ways that my politics grow and change, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and I think that learning how to take up space is such a, and not even take up space, how to, how to take this, take your space, you know, mm. I think is such a, um, a helpful thing. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's also not off topic for polyamory, right? Like, you know, I mean, like, I think that it's, it's one of those things that crosses all those situations, you know, how do we show up in our career that we take up space and can be seen, right? How do we show up in our relationships so that we can, uh, you know, take up this, take our, take our space and be seen, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and how does that change the nature of the relationships that we yeah. have? Right. Because right. when you start being visible and showing up as being visible, then all of a sudden the people, the people who can see you see something that's more real. And therefore yeah. that can be, you know, a kind of, higher caliber of of connection you know yeah. because there's a better alignment going there right you know yeah yeah i love that you bring that up because it's like it's that relationship between vulnerability and intimacy yeah. you know and so that's been like a huge thing for me um recently it's like the more i allow myself to be vulnerable and to be seen right and to be visible the more mm -hmm. intimacy that i actually have potential to access right yeah. so like sitting over here telling no one anything about my life and wondering why I lack like depth and intimacy in my relationships, you right. know, or like being invisible in my relationships and like feeling resentful that I'm like never, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I like had to go through the learning curve where I'm like, Oh, actually that's my responsibility to be like, you yeah. know, here I am, you know? And then if you can see me and if this, if, if my vulnerability does create intimacy with you, great and if it doesn't now i know instead of sitting here in the corner wondering feeling for sorry sure. for myself yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and i definitely you know i mean for me um taking up space and sort of like pushing myself into space was definitely uh 
a thing that was very uncomfortable around releasing the Arisha Tarot, you know, mm. because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, uh, because of, because I'm a white person from Toronto who practices this religion because of like a bunch of different things. Um, you know, there was this very, like, I was very, you know, aware and, you know, at times sort of kind of immobilized by my awareness around those dynamics Mm -hmm. and my desire not to, not to be messy about them, you know, and and to try and find a, a good way through that stuff. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's complicated because when you, when you don't feel like you can uh, take the space, you know, uh, it's also like there's almost, almost never anybody who can convince you, you know, like I, oh, I, yeah. talked, I talked to my elders and they're like, do it. It's going to be great. And I, you know, and I asked the Arishas and they're like, yeah, you should do this. And, and I'm like, and I talked to like, you know, uh, artist friends and people of color. And like, I had all these conversations and still it was just like, Oh, but I just, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what that, like, what that inner lock was. Right. You know, and it's, uh, yeah. And then, and then it came back to my mantra as well. It's like, well, just be brave, dude. Just do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll work out well or whatever. It'll be what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that that's, it's, there's a lots of ways in which showing up is complicated, right? Not oh, just yeah. around romance. So, but. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I'm glad you said it that way because I think that it is often oversimplified, especially like for people who do, who do live um, outside of the dominant culture. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, it's not as like this for many it is actually dangerous. You know, mm-hmm. like there, there is so much risk involved um, and not just like on an interpersonal level, but on a, a communal level. Right. Sure. And so I think that the oversimplification of it that like often comes from whiteness, right. Cause like whiteness is more comfortable. So, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, of course. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is not, a, not only is this my space, but that's also my space and that's my space. And, you know, yeah, yeah. and so um, I think that the oversimplification of it, dishonors the amount of bravery it takes and also like diminishes the complexity of it yeah you know and and especially at these like intersections of spirituality and um unconventional relationships and um all of those things it's like the the just because you decide to show up just because you decide to be visible and be seen doesn't make it any less complicated for sure you know yeah and i think that there's a um There's, there's, uh, I run across, you know, especially like, uh, sometimes in relationship to my, to my kids with people who are, you know, running programs for them and stuff like that. You know, this notion of like, you know, you just, I mean, even though my mantra is be brave, right. Um, that's like a a complex multi-level thing. That's not, that's (laughs) not necessarily so much as like, you know, just, just do the thing and, and, and you'll be fine. It's like, okay, be brave. What's the brave thing? Why am I resisting it? You know, like on and on and on. There's like a whole deconstruction that, that goes mm-hmm. beyond that. And then, and then the mantra comes out once I've already processed all those things. And then I'm like, all right, now there's nothing to do, but like push the button, make the phone mm-hmm. call, say the thing. Um, but there's this sort of notion that I run across a lot where it's like, you know, if you just persevere, if you just push, if you, you know, it's all, it's all kind of like a, like a bunch of machismo in a, in a certain way, I think, mm. you know, where it's just like, yeah, but like I, I did this hard thing. So you can do this hard thing and right. you know, whatever. And it's like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's the wrong hard thing. Maybe it's the wrong way. Maybe this hard thing isn't even relevant. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I think that there's mm-hmm. so many, so many layers to that. They become very complicated and uh, and I think that there's uh, a desire by by many people that I see to try and come to a point where it's just something simple like, you know, we'll just we'll just push through it and it'll be fine. It's like maybe not, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, like have you heard of the scenarios where things don't end up fine because that happens? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that one of the things about like non-monogamy and polyamory that I appreciate is that it like 
at least for me, I feel like it expands my capacity for complexity. Sure. Right. And like my, my ability to be with the discomfort. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you were saying, like that, that period where it's like, okay, so I know that I want like partnerships and intimacy, but there's that whole period before we're like, we're figuring out if that's actually possible. Yeah. Right. So like be able to sit in, in those spaces and to con- continue choosing to be brave. Yeah. You know, and it's like, this may not work out. Like I could very well get hurt and like, I most likely will at some point, you know, if I continue in relationship with this person, sure. whoever it is, that's going to happen. And so like coming to a point of acceptance with that and like being willing to be uncomfortable and being willing to, I think it just like really comes back to this vulnerability, you know, like that's what expands our capacity for like all the complexity and all the unknown, you know? and mm-hmm. I think that it definitely, we definitely like um, kind of semi get trained to override that and override those times, you know, and like you're saying, mm-hmm. push through and be like, oh, it'll be fine, you know, or, or whatever. And so I think that the thing about polyamory is that you can't really do that because there are other people involved. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think too, like a lot of, a lot of my experience of polyamory um, is that there are a lot of feelings that in a, if I was a monogamous person looking for a long-term relationship would drive stuff in a given direction, you know, like, you know, I can, I can hang out with one of my partners and then feel sad that they're leaving and miss them for Mm -hmm. days. You know, if I'm not going to see them, and that would drive, you know, the sort of relationship escalator stuff, you know, if I was, if I was a monogamous type person, mm, mm-hmm, we'll see each mm-hmm. other more, we'll do this, we'll, you know, this constantly looking to sort of um, almost resolve or placate those emotions right? versus right. kind of looking at those feelings and going, it's a hundred percent great, like acceptable, fine to miss somebody to, you know, have these different kinds of feelings. Right. And I don't need to interpret them in other ways. You know, like, like, you know, they can, they can just be what they are and I can notice them and acknowledge them. And that could be the whole conversation about it too, which is something that's very different. Right. And I think there are lots of feelings around, you know, anything from how people handle their feeling of desire to, you know, all these kinds of things. It's like, I could feel the most intense desire for somebody and also just like, like be friends with them and not have that be a thing either. You know, like there are ways mm-hmm. in which you can handle sort of all these different kinds of feelings in a very different manner. And I think that that's also a really interesting sort of situation around this. Yeah. Like, um, it kind of sounds like talking about the relationship between how like polyamory changes our relationship to gratification right Mm. and i think in the ways that like monogamy is so much about that possession right and that gratification and like having access to that like polyamory like breaks all of that and so then you have to have these like new and different ways of navigating those responses and this kind of like um it changes the like the nature or like the relationships of attachment you know, mm-hmm. and like how, like how we make meaning out of it and how we assign meaning to it and how we, um, how we, I think even like, don't, you know, like don't mm-hmm. assign meaning to it. Don't yeah. do all of those things to allow there to still be space. Right. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you so much for, being on the show and, and having this conversation, it has been uh, even more uh, delightful and insightful than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. So that is wonderful. Um, for people who want to go follow your work and, and be in your orbit, and I, I hope that everybody does, um, where, where do they find you online? How do they, how do they follow what you're up to? Yeah. So, well, first of all, thank you so much. It's been like such a joy. I really enjoyed our conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Online, www.saltwaterstars.com. And then on Instagram, it's saltwater.stars. 
And I'm now public on Twitter mm-hmm. as saltwaterstars underscore. And then I'm also on Facebook as saltwaterstars. So there's like plenty of options. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, but it's all saltwaterstars. That's great. Well, thank you so much for, for being on. I think that, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing, hearing what people have to say about these conversations and stuff, because I think it's, yeah. uh, I think it's such an interesting uh, worldview. And I think that, you know, I see more and more people kind of drifting in this direction or exploring mm-hmm. in this direction. So uh, hopefully this will, will find its way to some of those people and, and be helpful in some way. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank you so much, Angie. Thank you. Thanks as always for listening. I was just chatting with someone who was trying to give the podcast a review in iTunes, and I just wanted to share how easy that is. While you're in the podcast app, you click on the library, which is where it shows you all the podcasts that you listen to or subscribe to, and you click on the Hermit's Lamp podcast. And then you just scroll to the bottom and you'll see that there is the option to give us a star rating and to write a review. And then you just click the button that says send and it shoots off to the interwebs and it helps the Hermit's Lamp podcast be found for people who are searching this kind of thing, both online and in the podcast app. So if you've enjoyed it, do me the solid, go and do that right away. Thanks for your support as always.